support women's wrongs here on Three Books, One Plot. Hi, Shannon. Hi, G. And welcome to Three Books, One Plot, the only podcast on the internet where one of us reads Life and Death, one of us reads Midnight Sun, and some diseased Raylo woman in STEM reads Twilight. (laughs) 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 So that was my intro for our lovely Twilight of the Week this week, who is my dear friend, Jay. We go way back. And then this week's Feminist of the Week was Shannon. She read Life and Death. Mm-hmm. And I was Edward's therapist of the week. I read Midnight Sun. And I don't know if you can tell from my voice, but I've had a pretty eventful week, actually. So um, can I give him a quick update real quick? Go ahead. Give them my You guys news. know how a couple episodes ago, G was like, yeah, Shannon's in a sling. Also, Shannon, tell them you have a concussion, blah, blah, blah. So we, the tables have turned here because... My arm is not in a sling anymore. My arm is healing. I have no concussion. But the karmic gods came for G and gave her COVID. <laughs> trying so hard not to cough right now and just like perfectly punctuate your sentence. But not only does is G... <coughs> oh, there she goes. Poor baby. Not only does... <laughs> oh, there goes Jay. So not only... Let me just real quick say, not only does G currently actively have COVID. Jay is also recovering from COVID. <laughs> Hence disease. But yeah, this is great because um, I was actually on the phone with Jay and she was telling me about her COVID symptoms when my brother watched, walked into the house and announced that he had COVID. So <laughs> we do everything together. We were just talking about how we got pneumonia together one time. Um, yeah. We're very close. I actually know Jay from middle school. Lorbo from my gym class in seventh grade. <laughs> um, so I'm with without further ado, I'm gonna let her tell you guys a little bit about our history. We were roommates for a long time. We are very we were close. roommates. They oh my god, they were roommates. Yeah, she can give you all of the tea on me. So I'm a little bit nervous for this episode. I'm so excited. I know it's been like it's been about 10 years since we became really good friends, which is cool. We became really good friends when we were 18, and uh, now G is 28, and I'm about to turn 28. Babies. Which is terrifying. Wow, way to out me as old. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but not as old as Shannon, that's true. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me laugh. <laughs> I know. Well, Every it's time you be... laugh, it makes me cough. <laughs> I have the lungs of Edward Cullen dying of influenza so it's not great (laughs) that tracks yeah it's fine but yeah jay if you want to um we would love to hear your fandom history uh how you have come up in the world of fandom and then specifically after that your your history with twilight what your twilight background is up until now yeah um i'm happy to do that uh so i got into fan fiction in about 2007 um, when I was in seventh grade and I started in Harry Potter, but I, I even as a, a seventh grader, I was critical of the writing quality in the fandom. <laughs> <laughs> and so I changed ships specifically because I started as a Ron and Hermione shipper. And then pretty quickly I realized, you know, Hermione's too smart for Ron. I don't appreciate <laughs> this. <laughs> she can oh do so God. much better. Controversial. Yeah, and so then I started shipping only, like, out-of-character pairings. Fun. So 
I'm very, I always get so nervous to say this like to other people that aren't G because I, I know how terrible it sounds. It's fine. It doesn't. But I was like a, I was a big shipper of like Sirius and Hermione and Ramus and Hermione, but only out of care, like to preface this, only out of character and only when she was in her like mid 20s or a time Listen, travel back. You don't have thing. to qualify any of that. Girl, you don't. Uh, Bring it back. Let it be, let it be uh, controversial. Cheers to that. Plus, I outed you as a Raylo in the intro, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I am a Raylo. <laughs> oh, me too, though. Truly me too. 100%. Ah, so good. I just love it so much. Mm. And I transfer one of your, uh, when I was listening to, I think it was episode one, um, your guest was saying that she, when she ran out of fan fiction in one fandom, she just switched her pairing to the same pairing in a different one. And I did the same exact thing where I loved Raylo, but then I was like, oh, I need another angsty boy. So I switched to Dark Lena, like Darkling and Alina and Shadow and Bone. And yes. so I've just been hopping around different fandoms for the past, like, almost 20 years. Yeah, that same fictional type. Yeah, I just... Exactly. Well, I think another of your notable fandoms, we have to mention Buffy. Because we're about oh, yeah. to have two oh my God. Buffy fans in a row, <laughs> back to back for our guests. And I think that is so fun for us. You know, Jay and I actually watched Buffy together. And I enjoyed it a lot. I think people who try to pit Twilight and Buffy against each other are kind of missing the point. Like, I, I totally agree. I have two hands. You know, I can really enjoy both of these. I like, Did I love a good vampire. Two hands. Yeah, because, you know, like you can hold. <laughs> I can hold Buffy's <laughs> hand. And I can hold Edward's hand as I read Midnight Sun and Amber's Therapist. <laughs> Forget your Buffy staked Edward meme. They're both holding my hands. So you said a little bit, you started off in Harry Potter. Um, you did some Shadow to Bone stuff. Shadow and Bone? Shadow? I don't know what it oh, is. Yeah, Shadow and Bone. It's newer. <laughs> uh, Buffy, you, you listed. I do have to say, I don't know if this is going to make me enemies, but I have never really liked the Buffy fan fiction. Hmm. Um, I think it's just because the canon is like, you don't, there, you don't need to fix it. It's amazing. I feel that way about some shows. Yeah. So... I was given the first book of Twilight at, for Christmas from one of my relatives and I read maybe like four or five chapters of it, but I hate first person. And ah, interesting. I just I hate it. And also I don't like fiction. <laughs> so, no. Yeah. I you list all your fandoms nonfiction. and then you're like, I hate fiction. <laughs> I, do, yeah. I spend about 80% of my time reading fan fiction. Uh, and then the rest of it is working on my master's degree. <laughs> That's pretty valid. She's a woman in STEM, guys. And also, she lives in Washington right now. That's what could be more Twilight adjacent. I live oh my in God, Seattle. so close to the armpit of Washington. Lexi will be so excited to hear. But I feel like, because I'm somebody who I, I write fan fiction, but I don't read a lot of actual literature. If you could see the books that are on my bookshelf right now, I've maybe only read three of them. Uh, I 98% of everything that I read is strictly fan fiction. And it's something that I'm looking to fix one of these days, but it's just, I know where I can go to get something satisfying. Well, fan fiction is just democratized fiction. Well, and people have pointed out too, it's like, the, there's no decision fatigue involved. Like yeah. you can click and know exactly what you're getting and know that already that it's going to be what you want. There's not a lot of like risk because you're like, okay, it's this pairing. It's this genre. 
it's these characters I already know. So you don't have to like relearn things. Yeah. I like to know what's up and then just I want the story. Like I don't I don't really care about the background or the world building as much. Um I'd say about 70% of what I read is smut. Yeah, this silly little Mormon was never gonna cut it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went through a while of writing fan fiction. I will never forget the day that you confessed to me that you write <laughs> fan fiction. Because I, I've said before on the podcast, I don't tell people in my real life this. So I hadn't told Jay that I wrote fan fiction. But one day we were we were at a burger joint in the mall. And she just kind of like leans in. And she's like, I have to confess something. Like, lately I've been writing a lot of, like looking around to see if anyone we know is listening. <laughs> fan fiction and i was like girl no way me too um and i think we got so much closer just that day with that one revelation because amazing since then we've been able to talk about it with each other it's kind of great well it was also weird because i was writing i write whenever i write it i write almost exclusively smut so it was nervous when i told people about it just because it was like, hey, uh, do you want to read 4,000 words of my sexual fantasy? <laughs> <laughs> With that, should we get into Twilight Talk? So we're summarizing these three chapters that all take place on Thursday, March 3rd, 2005. I think we can, if you are ready to summarize for us, we should have Jay summarize chapter five of Twilight, Blood Type. The, time, the summary of chapter five is this. Number one, a boy sends crazy mixed signals back and forth. Number two, a biology class breaks several health codes. Number three, a biology <laughs> student gets stabbed. Number four, a girl goes to class where she's going to get sick when she should have fucking known ahead of time. And number five, there's an aggressive, very uncomfortable drive home and who the hell drives people into cars. That was my summary. That was so good. Good one. I'm so glad you brought up the health code stuff. We're going to dig into that real hard once we get to and it. the stabbing. Yeah. I researched into lawsuits <laughs> that have happened from this. Oh my God. <laughs> I took all of, the, all of the stress from the last week of finals from all of my research paper writing, and I just put it right into Twilight. Okay. Shannon is gearing up. She's drinking water because she's getting ready to do her summary of uh, Chapter 5 of Life and Death which I assume is also called blood type. Okay. Should I just start going? <clears throat> Go for it. As Bo goes through a school day, as, his, as after his successful rejections the day prior, he struggles to come to terms with Edith's behaviors, especially her strength, because women cannot be strong. No! Anyways, Bo sits with Edith at lunch, and the two of them waste the entire period of having a weird conversation with almost no substance to it. Bo continues to refuse to come to terms with Edith being strong or dangerous, because girl! He eventually goes to class where it takes minutes before the blood typing lab begins and his consciousness ends. Michaela tries to bring him to the school medic, but Edith literally takes him off her hands. Fun banter ensues. They both leave the school, and Edith proves her prowess as a little pickpocketing criminal. Good. Oh, you just made it in under the wire. I know. I know. I was trying to cut out words, but I wanted to keep that in. Like 29.73 seconds by my count. Golf clap. <laughs> rough, rough start, but it's okay. All right. So G is about to summarize chapter six. Six. Yeah. Midnight Sun's one ahead. Of Midnight Sun, which is also blood type. <coughs> Let me just get some coughs out and then I can do it. Oh, you poor thing. <coughs> okay. Oh, my God. All right. 
Edward spends all day stalking Bella, watching her trip over her own feet. They sit together at lunch, and he steals her lemonade bottle cap in order to prove that he's the villain. Uh, she guesses he might be a superhero. He says, no, I'm the bad guy, duh. Uh, while ditching Bio, he bumps into her where she's lying on the sidewalk like a roadkill. He carries her to the nurse. They piss off Mike Newton, and then Edward physically drags her into his car and steals her keys like they're at a bar, and she's white girl wasted. Then he drives her home, even though he should not know where her house is. The end. Oh my fucking god. That's a very aggressive chapter, I have to say. Yeah, I I side with Bella during so many times during this. So I'm team Bella for most of this. A lot of physical comedy. And team Mike, That's too. That's so fun. I'm going to have to be team Edward then. I already, I have an MVP that's for all the chapters. <laughs> and I will die on that hill. Um, I think it's very sinister the way he stares at her across the cafeteria and beckons her over and winks. I hate it. I literally wrote in my notes, boy, do not wag your finger at me. What the hell is that? <laughs> but I did love the moment right after where Jessica says, does, does he mean you? With a, insulting yes. astonishment in her voice. I love that. Like, tell us <sighs> Bella's ugly without telling us Bella's ugly. Aww. Poor Bella. Well, not only Jessica tells her she's ugly, but Je- um, but... Bella says that she's ugly later in the chapter when she's sitting in the car with Edward and she says, um, she's trying to explain her mom and she says, Oh, she's, you know, she's brave and she's outgoing and she's prettier than me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, Bella has very low self-esteem. I think she's just a total hag. I'm going to take her at her word on this. (laughs) I just think Edward is hag sexual. to god reliable narrator bella swan just a total dog but yeah i love jessica's like all of her subtle little moments of shade are so beautiful i'm so proud of her i like jessica as a character she's just a normal she's literally a normal girl and edward's just a bitch when he starts being like oh my god no she's so mean like she's trying to include bella in these conversations that she's tuning out yeah well especially in movie jessica i like jessica i do not like jessica who says when your friend is being beckoned over by the quote unquote hot guy of the high school, who says he's inviting you over? Who are you? He's never done it before. He's literally I'm never done it. Tires. Get out of here. He's like canonically a freak. Everyone in school is, thinks of him that way. So. Everyone's there. She's probably worried about Bella. Like, girl watch out i mean i doubt she's worried but i think it's i just think it's fun i love all of her little fake moments she's doing great absolutely not i literally wrote in my notes (laughs) when she says um he's inviting you over i literally wrote in red pen that bitch (laughs) (laughs) okay we've got a jessica anti in the chat it's fine (laughs) first half of the chapter is like the cafeteria scene and I guess in my head, I had like melded this with their other cafeteria scenes. Yes. Like I really forgot about this mm-hmm. one. They, it's very repetitive. She gives them a lot of like cafeteria scenes. Yeah. I, f- for some reason, thought that she didn't join him at lunch until after Port Angeles. So when I realized this was happening now, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This kind of links up with the scene in the movie for anybody listening who's seen the movie where they're like, she's in line arranging her thing and he does the apple thing. And I get the salad bar. That's a lot more normal. That's way more, even the Apple thing is more normal than like, I sit alone at a table. Him beckoning her across the cafeteria. <laughs> and I wink at you. Like, what is that, sir? Okay, if you're if you're nodding at someone from a distance away, or if you wave at them or anything, if you wave at me with one finger, we're done. <laughs> like, get up and talk to her, Jesus. Or just say, hey. And his word choice, man. 
even when we get into his head in Midnight Sun, it's pretty funny. Yeah. I do think this scene is really fun, though, because Bella's so f- done with his shit. And then he's like, you have a temper. And she's like, no, I want you to stop lying to me. I, I think it's interesting. It's notable how he, like, doesn't even try to hide that he's a mind reader in this scene. He straight up oh, tells her what people are thinking. And she just doesn't question it. I guess she assumes he's, like, reading visual cues of like people's expressions which he can't do well he tells her he's like trust me mike is thinking this and it's like how do you how do you know that how do you know that edward we get um a couple of edward's iconic lines in this um chapter yeah well he's he's got some good ones he says the um as i decided as long as i'm going to hell i'm gonna do it thoroughly that line and then the what if i'm not the superhero i'm the bad guy the the going to hell thoroughly is so iconic in the movie where he's got sunglasses on. The in, he's like puts his arm around her shoulders. It's very lame here. The delivery is not as fun. I do like when he makes Bella tell him her theories of like what what he is. Oh my god, her theories are just superheroes in her brain. It's like Bruce Wayne, and I'm like, taha, not yet. Fifteen years too early. She wasn't wrong. She wasn't, she wasn't wrong. wrong. She curses like a Sunday school teacher. Dang. School. Curse is like a Sunday school teacher two times in like two pages. She, she says, holy crow, holy crow. It's a Where did she one. say holy crow? I saw dang. It's somewhere in that conversation. That's I think it's when funny. Edward is looking at her and he's really hot and she's like really turned on and she's like, holy crow. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And then he's a bit of a freak because first of all, Bella has only a lemonade for her whole lunch. Um, okay. because she's so nervous to be sitting with Edward. She has butterflies, you guys. She has butterflies. Um, Her tummy is full, but of butterflies. Yeah. Um, so she has only a thing of lemonade, and she like takes off the bottle cap, and he just takes it, and he starts playing with it, and he does not give it back, which is such freak behavior. Like, what if she's drinking that? What if she wanted to bring that to class? Like, now she has no lid to her lemonade. It's just very weird. And we'll, I think we'll co- put a pin in that, in the lemonade bottle cap. We'll come back mm, to it yeah. later. Yes, we strangely do. (laughs) So G and I, when we're watching things that we want to show each other, we have this pattern of sending each other very long strings of messages that are are strings of or uh, string of consciousness throughout them. And so I got used to writing that kind of notes. And so I want to say that in that conversation, one of the notes I wrote was my face unwillingly grimaces in every conversation with him. It's like looking back at those high school boys who are so mysterious and deep. Ooh la la. AKA a fuck boy who reads some angsty bitch boy catcher in the rye shit. 100%. That was my note. Yeah, no, I don't know why he compares himself to Hades and not Holden Caulfield. He's just embarrassing. That would be far more apt. He does think of everyone as a phony. He just goes around. He should adopt that word into his vocabulary. A phony. It would really complete the incel vibe. Uh. Yeah, no, the only other thing I had was drink again for Edward's ochre eyes. Oh, yeah. yeah. We need to add an ochre eyes addendum to the chocolate eyes rule because it's it's just, it's egregious. I would love it if at some point Stephanie Meyer said uh, her drippy molasses eyes that are looking like they're about to be made in some great gingerbread cookies. Like, (laughs) (laughs) just get real weird about it. Wow, you should meet Sam. He loves food descriptions of eyes. Well, there we go. He was like, he was like, the man's just hungry. <laughs> I think he'd be very disappointed, actually, in the scene of how non-hungry Bella and Bo are. It's pretty sad. It is sad. Wasted opportunity to have some lunch. They could have eaten food. I know. It's such a shame. Especially, and it would have been really important right before this upcoming scene next. So I know. Yeah, that's a good segue into our biology mm-hmm. scene. Should have eaten something, Bella, because, girl, you would have needed it. Okay, so... 
not eating, going to biology class on an empty stomach or a stomach of just lemonade, I guess. <laughs> that almost sounds worse. Like you just drank more acid. <laughs> okay. I honestly, I've got to be fully honest here. I started to feel faint just as Mr. Banner was listing off the materials for their bio lab. I was like, oh, no. I will say this. As someone who's pretty squeamish, this type of stuff, when I was reading it, I was waiting to get squeamish. But like, it didn't turn my stomach that bad. But I think it's just because I have four siblings with type 1 diabetes. And like, this amount of blood is like normal for me. Like, even when they're talking about like, oh, I can smell the blood. Like, yes, blood does have a smell which we'll get to. Yeah, why did he keep saying nobody smells blood? I don't know. He's just dumb. But I have a question for you two, because you both went to public school. Would this ever be a thing that they would do? Poke your fingers? So first of all, my one major point, my one major problem that I had, or not one, I had several problems, but one of my major problems is that how, okay, so I looked up the size of Bork's high school. Her class has at least 400, or her class has 358 people in it. Mm -hmm. So how in the world are you in biology class and nobody mentions during lunchtime, hey, by the way, we had bio this morning and I got stabbed in the finger. How does nobody (laughs) mention that? Because Edward knows ahead of time. How does Edward know? Yeah, Edward is very well aware. I mean, he does have a slight advantage of a sister seeing the future, but this would be something very much talked about at would have been at our high school. People would have been like for the the week beforehand would have been like, "Oh my god, you guys, we're going to get stabbed in bio." That type yeah. thing. How does no kid have a band-aid on? I just I need our listeners to know, we keep talking about getting stabbed. It sounds like a cute um exaggeration we're not kidding what happens in bio is that the teacher grabs mike's hand and Poor just mike. pricks his finger yeah. with zero warning he doesn't ask or anything just like physically assaults a student and draws blood um for <laughs> in the name of science. um and mike's just cool with it i guess um he's he's like all right i guess i got stabbed today yeah for science dear diary <laughs> i do kind of I agree. That's very sus behavior. I don't know if you turned up anything in your research, Jay. So I have a whole page worth of legal and ethical issues with blood typing in school. <laughs> I want <laughs> to hear it. I genuinely want to hear it. Oh, my God. So, okay, first of all, it's not common for high schools to use real human blood anymore because of safety risks. And also, why? <laughs> so I looked into curriculums actually around the United States to see, do they still do blood typing in class? And they didn't regularly do it, even in 2005. And most schools, if they're doing it, do it with synthetic blood or they do it with water with just food coloring in it. So it's not a normal thing for people to do that with blood. And also... I wonder if they did that in Stephanie Meyer's class. And that's like why she thought Back in the 90s. Yeah. Well, so it's a huge issue for OSHA itself. So like it's against the law to have your employees in certain unsafe circumstances. So even the the teacher shouldn't have been allowed to do that because it violates these policies about bloodborne pathogens. And so it's a huge liability for the school district. And he should have been fired immediately once he drew blood from anybody. Agreed. So because he could have spread hepatitis A, B, or HIV or any other number of blood diseases. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. Mike is probably crawling with disease. That was a bad oh, idea. Oh, no, leave him. Be that's my boy. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, if anyone's crawling with disease, I mean, I can say that because I'm crawling with disease. Right now. You currently are ridden with plague. So you got me there. This is what happens when you have 
a Leo INTP mm. on, your, on your podcast. Give me that sweet, sweet info. So in 2013, a teacher got fired in North Carolina. It was in Garnet County High School, and they used a lab kit. And they took out, they had seven lancets for 33 students. <gasps> no! So this woman allowed the students to use lancers to prick their own fingers and only wipes them with alcohol swabs between students. <gasps> and so she, so she, they were sharing needles and lancets should only be used one time and wiping them with alcohol mm. is not sufficient to eliminate exposure to those pathogens. And the students ended up having to get their blood tested within 24 hours, but nobody, thankfully, reported health issues after. That's so lucky. But the teacher was fired by the end of the day. I'm glad she learned her lesson, it sounds like. (laughs) But yeah. And then in 2019, 33 students got tested for diabetes with the same device in Manitoba in Canada. And so there was a teaching exercise at a science fair, and people didn't know if the lancets were reused between... People. So they don't know if they even wiped them with like a paper towel. I doubt it. And oh. the students ended up having to be tested for Hep B, C, and HIV. And then they had to get retested in three and six months. And they said that thankfully, like there wasn't any spread. But you have 33 students on one device. And it was by oh. an instructor at a oh. science fair. I think... What we can take away from this is that it, it was bad. It was bad to do this. Mr. Banner. <laughs> Mr. Banner. Oh. Bro. I will say that despite the like strangeness of even doing that in the first place, I do love how immediately Bella was like, nope, and put her head right down. She didn't even think like, <laughs> maybe I can tough it out. Nope. The sequence of her fainting is highly relatable. It feels yes. so true to my experience of like yes. how I how I progress when I'm starting to feel like because first of all, it feels like my body is really hot and the air is really cold and I'm burning and like kind of prickling my skin. And then I have to like definitely put my head down on a cool surface is great. Later, she puts her her face on the sidewalk, the wet Cool. Yeah. Oh I my god! Know. And I know that felt so good. I, know I was that like, felt "Ooh, so I love that! I want to do that. I would love to put my face on a cold, wet sidewalk." But first, she does. The do you cold- get a burst of adrenaline right before all of this happens, though? Where you're hyper aware of everything, no. and no. then it happens because that's what happens with me. I always get a burst of adrenaline right before I, I realize don't... something's happening, and then immediately it's like a nose. You guys are getting bursts of adrenaline. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I just, I just feel bad. <laughs> so like we. I mean, we don't find out Bella's blood type here, but put a pin in that. Um, she knows her blood type. Good for her. It's always good to know your blood type. Put a pin in it like Mr. Banner put in Mike. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, oh, my God. Do that exactly like that, 100%. Poor Mike. Anyway, Mike is assigned to take Bella to the nurse because she's fainting all over the place. And it is very relatable to me that she can't do it. Like, she can't walk very far. She probably has my same issue with the, the leg. She gets far enough that she knows that they can't. she can't be seen from the science building. And then she's like, put me down. And that's when we get the great, the, like, <laughs> I walk on my head felt amazing, which I know it did, girl. Yeah. I she knew has that felt just good. lay down on the ground. And Mike is kind of standing over her like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? Like, <laughs> and then here he comes. So Edward comes up right at that moment. 
And it's kind of her worst nightmare because she's feeling queasy. She's like, this is my worst nightmare. <laughs> he like picks her up bridal style and she's just like, please let me not throw up on him. Her priorities are number one, she'd like to die. And number two, she'd like to not throw up. I think she should have bombed on him because it would have been funny. Yeah, I love how she asks him like what he was doing that he happened to see her, like how he was ditching. Because earlier he said he was going to ditch biology. And he says he was listening to a CD in his car. And she says, such a normal response. It surprised me. What did she expect? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Like, what did you think he was doing? I, I don't know what she expected, but like, she's seen him lift a van. She knows oh, what a weird true. little freak he is. That, so she's shocked when he does things that are normal, um, which I think is a great little character moment. Like, yeah, me too. Same, Bella. I like that he says to her when they're, she's laying down, I've seen corpses with better color because it's very much like a just passing comment. But I believe him. I believe him. He says in Midnight Sun, it's true. I have. <laughs> no, but from Bella's perspective, some dude that you're flirting with says you have paler skin than many of the corpses I've seen. My first question <laughs> is how many corpses have you seen? True. Yeah, she doesn't ask a lot of the very natural follow-up questions he invites. Yeah. Um, Does he have an internship at a mortuary? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I like that whole office scene is really fun. And then Mike comes in with yet another kid who's also passing out from bio. It's not just Bella. She's in good company. But this kid's hands like dripping blood. Yeah, that kid actually done got stabbed. <laughs> Mr. Banner went after him. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the scene of Mike inviting Bella to the beach right in front of Edward's salad and just obviously blatantly not inviting Edward. I thought that was so fun. I, I hate because she immediately invites Edward later and it's like, don't invite him. I mean, no, she... She's clearly trying to send Mike a message here, but like Mike's trying to send Edward a message. So I think all it's all fair game, you know? We talked a little bit about how like Edward is so bowled over that Bella can smell blood as if yeah. like, no, we can all smell blood. It has a smell. Blood like literally has a smell. That's why Stephanie Meyer knew how to explain it. Yeah. Well, I'd be, I mean, I feel like we're going to have listeners though that are like, it does. And it, it does. Blood smellers here. Maybe it's like a cilantro soap gene where some people can and some people can't. That's I don't true. Know. The other, I had an important note here. I think we need to put a pin in this moment where after Edward walks Bella out of the office and they're back outside, she turns her face up to the rain in order to wash the nasty sweat off her disgusting face. And she says, it felt nice as it washed my face clean of the sticky perspiration. So just remember that that happens. Put a pin mm -hmm. in that. Yep. We get a lot more physical comedy. There's a lot of Bella laying on the floor, Edward picking her up and putting her down, and like the kid Mike dragging the other kid around. It's pretty great. Edward literally drags Bella to his car, which I, granted, like oh that's God. weird, yeah. and I don't like that, but it is really funny. It's so weird. The image is funny, but if it happened to you in real life, um, that would be an Ed flag. I would be drink for an Ed oh. flag. I'm also going to say, in life and death, he, in life and death, Bo goes willingly. Yeah, Bella is very belligerent, you know? Like, she's always kind of resisting what's happening. And I love that, because she's like, no, I'm a girl boss woman in STEM, and you're not going to gaslight me, and you need to stop lying to me, and also, <laughs> fuck you, let go. I love yeah. how total the humiliation was, too. Like, 
not only does he physically drag her across the parking lot by her jacket, but then she's standing in the rain debating whether to make a run for it. And he says he'll just drag her back, which again, holy shit. Ed flag. She's once again, she's standing there dripping wet. And then she says her boots squeaked as she tries to like angrily get in the car. I love the clown shoes squeaking that's going on in this chapter. She's dripping wet and it's also raining. Fuck up his upholstery girl. It's your right. <laughs> God, I just almost got my water. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think it's funny that he plays just normal classical music, popular classical music. And then they're both like shocked that each other listens to Debussy. I know, my Debussy. God. How do you say it? Debussy. Debussy. Happy Pride. Claire de Lune, that I could play that on my plastic recorder in public school at age six. That's the second song we learned after Hot Cross Buns. Like, it's not a deep cut. I have a little bit to say about the Renee Slander. Because there's a little bit of Renee Slander here. I just wanted to apologize that on her behalf that she's a cool mom who doesn't wear J. Crew or yell at her kid to cope. And sorry that Bella thinks that she's her best friend. Because it reminds me of that John Mulaney skit where he's like, oh, sometimes you ever hear someone say like, oh, my mom's my best friend. What is she, a really bad mom? I take, <laughs> I take issue with that. Renee is Bella's best friend. And Renee is so, so smart that she said, I'm going to play classical music all around the house because I know that's good for children developing brains. Like so, baby Einstein's thing. Yeah, exactly. So Renee is providing enrichment with this classical music education. Props exactly. To her. She is. So I just wanted to say that in reply to all the Renee slander from this yeah, chapter. No, I think this is the point in Renee's favor. She goes on a whole rant about how much she loves Renee and how hard she stands Renee and how like Renee is so much prettier than me, um, which is such a funny, like I, she says Renee is her best friend. Kind of sounds to me like Renee is her only friend because you didn't have you're not, like emailing your friends back in Phoenix or anything. This girl's a loser. You know, I think if you got Edward started on Esme, he could match Bella for this type of. Oh, he could. The him mommy. Yeah, no, they, they both are very into their parents. Um, didn't mean for that to come out that way. <laughs> read into that, however. You I want. get excited whenever he mentions like the other Cullens. Like when he was like, oh, well, my brother and sister and Jasper and Rosalie, for that matter, are going to be upset if I don't get back there. And then when he name drops Carly and Esme, because this is the first time we've heard Esme's name. That's true. Yeah, because Bella tries to unlock his tragic backstory of being an orphan. And he just completely shuts her down, like, yeah. oh, it's not that tragic. My parents are great. Like, <laughs> they're cool people. <laughs> Do you think that after this class ended that Jasper went through the classroom picking up all the pieces of paper and <laughs> licked them? He's licking them. <laughs> they shouldn't even let him in the build. They should make him stay home on the day that Alice realizes they're doing blood typing. Yeah, why was he here today? They have no reason. They should have let him go home. My only other note for this chapter is drink again for Edward's burning gold eyes. They're still burning. Someone get him some eye I'm drops. running out of drinks, damn. My last note was how at the very, very end of the chapter, Edward's basically like, try not to die while I'm away. And Bella's like, don't tell me what the fucking do. She's like, <laughs> she gets like pissed that he even requests such a such a thing. She's so mad. I think it is. It's also like, it's very unsexy the way he's like, take care of yourself, sweetie. Like it's it's very like dad energy. I don't, I don't love it. Yeah, me neither. Okay, so who did you guys have as the MVP of the chapter? Bella. Bella? Okay. I'm, eh. Because I really enjoy the fact that she's like, okay, first of all, you're lying to me. You're being a piece of shit. Don't tell me what to do. Let go of me. Like, she's very much, she's not doing a good job at, like, sticking to her guns, but she's very much just, like, she's not letting Edward get a pass in the way that we will see Bo does. 
Will you admit it? She's a pushover. No, I don't think she deserves this. No. I'm going to you on this. No, because, because even despite the way that Edward's being like a fucking dickhead to her, she's very much like she's not going to let it slide in the way that Bo does because we'll get to it in the next chapter. Bo very much lets Edith's behaviors kind of slide. Bella MVP doesn't do it. Behavior, though. I, do. I don't think she's earned shit. Yeah, I think Mike does. should be the MVP for <laughs> A, getting stabbed. He done got stabbed in this chapter and he took it like a champ. And then B, taking two whole people to the nurse, one of whom wasn't even a sexy girl who's heard Claire de Lune before. So like, he really, that and his dick move with the Edward thing, I thought that was so fun. I just, you know, I think he deserves it. I want to give it to Mike. I like Mike, but I think Bella deserved to be MVP. What about you, Jay? I'm very firm about who the MVP was. Mm-hmm. And it was Alice because she drove her car home. <laughs> well, because it's so inconvenient to have to go pick your car up from another location. So for me, I thought Mike was being weird. I think Mike was being delightfully weird. I don't know. Mike just gave me such weird, like, he gave me such, like, I'm your friend and I'm owed you vibes. I just think Mike is a nice boy trapped in some supernatural bullshit. It, like, it's not his fault that his mind can be read by the kid who's actually getting the attention from the girl he likes. So, of course, he's going to think some mean yeah, shit. Yeah, he's going to come off worse in this situation. Yeah. I, again, it's just me refusing to let him come off worse in this situation. I think you did a good job. Well, I guess I suppose we're at an impasse here. I will say one thing. If I have to budge, I will. Who will you budge for? I will not. I'll budge for Mike. Because that's my guy. <gasps> okay. So Mike, Mike, Alice, runner-up, Bella, distant third. I'm, yeah, I'm very okay distant, that. I guess. I'm okay with that. Here we go. We've got Bo. So a lot of this chapter, like every other chapter in Life and Death, I'm starting to sound like a broken record. Everything goes pretty much the same. Of course, we have the standard differences. Bo doesn't blush. He gets splashy. Uh, I was going to add that as a yeah. new drinking game rule because it happens so often and so egregiously. And every time she completely cannot use the word blush to apply to a boy. It has, it's always splotches on his neck. I'm like, at this point, does he have a rash? Like it just, the way she describes it, it's so funny. Um, So drink for every time Bo blushes without using the word blush. I'll drink to that. So that's pretty standard at this point. We've seen it a lot in the past couple chapters. Um, We also see a lot of the way that he regards his, interactions with the girls in his grade like he talks about hurting Michaela's feelings um when he turned them down a big note again with Edith's gaslighting because in past chapters we've noticed that Bo reacts to the the lies and the gaslighting much different than Bella Bella's very much firm in her belief like I'm not crazy Bo is very different because he's like maybe I am crazy and he even in this chapter says or thinks I thought I'd seen her stop a, ha- a van barehanded so he has a lot more to say in general, which is cool because he adds a lot of yeah. things that are, I think, pretty interesting in terms of just his inner monologue. But um, Edith is affecting him differently. Yeah, the way he thinks of Edith is much is very interesting. I think it's probably like his history of being actually bullied. But like Bella is insecure and doubtful that Edward really likes her. But Bo is fully convinced that this is all a cruel joke and that Edith is going to dump a bucket of pig's blood on him at prom. Like. 
he is waiting for the other shoe to drop and not just drop, but like cruelly drop. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And he's still into her. He, I, again, I, I wrote once again, he's got a humiliation kink big time. No, you're um, not even kidding there. He's ready. He's just ready for this beautiful girl to turn on him at any second. I have that the conversation at the cafeteria goes pretty similarly except for like a yes. few like word and phrase changes so drink, drink again for non-blush blushing my favorite word and phrase change i just want to highlight my favorite he gets he first of all he's getting splotchy then in the same line where bella gulps Bo swallows too loud which you know what that means swallowing is for boys mm, happy pride swallowing <laughs> is for boys. I, there is a big um, in like difference though with the actual conversation because Belle is very much like yeah like apparently you don't think I'm smart and isn't okay with it when she's talking to Edward but Bo is like yeah I'm an idiot you don't have to apologize like she's he's just a beaten down little guy but she does yeah that was gross I also I think one fun difference between Edward and Edith is that when Bo and Bella call them out for their hypocrisy. Edward says, like, you've got a bit of a temper. While Edith says, you're not over that yet. So funny. Yeah, oh my God. So like, oh funny. my God, get over it, dude. I'm a liar. Yeah. Literally. And right before that, this is my this is my favorite, my favorite difference. I don't know if either of you noticed, but girls can't be Bruce Wayne, but they can be Clark Kent. So Batman is I for boys. <laughs> Superman is for girls. I had that exact note. High five. Yeah. Bella. Yeah. Thank you. Bella is like, oh my gosh, Edward, he must be like Batman or Peter Parker or whatever. And then Bruce Wayne or Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. Bo says Clark Kent or Peter Parker. Exactly. So I think in the interest of pride, Batman for girls, Superman for boys, and Spider-Man for all genders. Yes. Oh my God. High five. They all fit in his web. There's a part in that I can't read. Like I literally skimmed over it because I couldn't read it because Bo was thinking about how on earth Edith can be considered dangerous. Um, I only read yes, like two I, sentences. I the only sentence that I wrote was, and it was my least favorite sentence. It says, now I understood under the doubt outside the incongruity of the word danger supplied to her slim and perfect body. I could oh, feel the truth of the foundation. I hate that so much. Hate it. Don't like that. On a much more interesting note than Edith's slim and perfect body. Ugh. I hate it here. On a much more interesting note, her eyes are described as long again. What? It's not Where? It happens again. I will read you the exact quote. It says, she looked down, then glanced up at me through her thick lashes, her long gold eyes scorching underneath. Ugh. Why does she have long eyes, Stephanie? What is this? Why? I, it's like the first time it seemed like a typo because you would say long gold hair here it's just weird why did you do this two times is it like in the sims where you mess up people's faces wow fucked up if true next one was instead of saying holy crow Bo gives us this great simile about edith being a magnet and him being a paperclip so that's today's two genders are you a magnet or a paperclip oh also bella is says she's too much of a coward to risk getting caught being late but Bo is secretly hoping edith will ask him to ditch with her because skipping classes for boys did you guys have any more comments on the um, cafeteria scene? One of the most obvious ones that I'm kind of shocked no one else has mentioned is Edward's I'm the bad guy is changed to Edith's I'm the villain. Because oh, yeah. Mormon heaven forbid she call herself a guy. I bet Stephanie is deeply disturbed by Billie Eilish. Like, nope, bad guy. We don't say that. 
You're going to get copyright strike. (laughs) I had to sing it worse. I also like how um, when Michaela gets stabbed in bio. (gasps) She says, ouch. She gets, Mm -hmm. ouch. (laughs) Pain is for girls. I was going to say complaining is for girls. Mm, I think pain. I don't think Mike felt pain at all. He's a man. (laughs) Men don't feel pain. Men. I mean, I think it's more like girls are are allowed to tell you about their pain. They're allowed to Men tough. Men strong. I, I think it's the complete opposite. I think no. Michaela's just being a girl boss. She said she made her voice heard. Ouch. Boys don't feel pain. <laughs> Bo tells us his blood type. We don't find out. Oh, yeah, that's type. true. He does say it. O negative. Bo is O negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was just interesting that we actually find that factoid out about Bo that we don't find out about Bella. I also like he says he's wishing he could kick himself for not ditching. Um, there's nothing stopping you, Bo. You can kick yourself. You're both the victim and the perpetrator in that scenario. Everyone's consenting. And you're long and clumsy. It's not hard. Yeah, no. And I, I had the same note as you guys. Edith should have carried him bridal style. Yep. Mm-hmm. It would have been funny. That would have been great. Because he's already like so freaked out about how strong she is because man, strong man can't yeah. be overpowered <laughs> by woman. No. All right. Well, I I think it's notable that later in the books, Alice carries Bella bridal style, mm, good um, for her. like multiple times. So good I think her. it would it's we've already have some precedent for like tiny vampire carry big human. Mm-hmm. I think that's fun imagery, and I want to see more of it. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know if you guys had any more notes before this, but um, Bo, unlike Bella, has a lot of complicated names for his condition of fainting. Oh, this is yes. so funny. Take it away, y'all, because I can't I can't pronounce any of these terms. So explain what he says and how to pronounce it and what it means, because I tried looking it up, but I was like, I'm not even going to attempt this. Y'all can take this part. So I wrote a note about that because I was saying, why is the nurse confused when Bo says that he has a vasovagal symptom? Uh, so Bo says, like, I know, in fact, the dizziness started to begin to fade. Soon the tunnel would shorten and things would sound normal again. And then, so um, the nurse says, does this happen a lot? And then Bo sighs and says, I have a weird, or I have a weak vasovagal system. And then the nurse looks confused. It says the nurse looks confused. This is such a very common thing. Vasovagal system issues are, so a vasovagal system means that, you know, if you stand up really suddenly and you feel a little bit dizzy. Yeah or you stand up suddenly and your vision kind of goes weird, that's a vasovagal syncope, which means that your blood pressure drops suddenly because you like shift it around. That's all that means. So the fact that the nurse doesn't know what vasovagal issues are is weird. Yeah, like Shannon, I tried to research these. I tried to look them up. And then I read like one sentence of a WebMD article and had to stop. I, I don't do well with systems. If I have to hear about a system, I'm going to fade. I just don't understand medical jargon. Yeah, As a girl, you're not required to know these words. You can just tell them you're going to faint and they'll bring you like a chaise lounge and some smelling salts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bo, as a man, he's like, I can't just be fainting. I have to have a fancy scientific word for it. Because fainting is for mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. It's not manly. Um, and then, yeah, neurally mediated syncope, which, again, that's a very fancy way of saying my thoughts can make me faint. Is that what that is? Is that what that is? Yeah. That's literally just have to say is I faint when I think about blood. N- yeah. Neurally mediated just means there's no actual like physical thing happening to you from your yeah. external stimulus. It's a mental stimulus. So that's what I have. <laughs> Shout out yeah. to Bo for teaching me the name for what I have. 
I love the comedy of when Edith first brings him into the office. She's joking. She's like making fun of him for using those big words. And she says, she makes fun of him. So he's much. having a neurally mediated syncope. And because the words sound so big, Mr. Cope is like, Oh my God, should I call nine one one? Like he doesn't know what that means. <laughs> he's like, true. That's clearly a serious medical condition. So I thought that was a good little comedic beat. Edith teases him about saying that so much. And then the whole thing with, Michaela dragging in another student happens. Yeah, Michaela is fun. I think I like that um Edward says, I thought Newton was dragging your dead body off to bury it in the woods. But Edith says, I thought that Newton girl had poisoned you. Poison. It's the woman's weapon. Poisoning is for women. Poisoning for girls. Ten out of ten edition is what that is. There's a lot of crimes for girls in this chapter. Girl crimes. Be gay, do crimes, but be a girl. Women's wrongs. Women's wrongs. We support them here. Wrongs for Kaylee. <laughs> Also, Bella darts out of the infirmary while Beau flounders. And I once again, I love that imagery of floundering. He's just this big, tall guy flopping around. Yeah. And I guess, Shannon, were you going to talk about Michaela and her party invite? I don't. I mean, I didn't really have much to say about that. It, I mean, it goes basically the same unless you found anything different. Where I think it goes different because Michaela is just actively a fake bitch to Edith and pretends to be nice to her in a way that Mike doesn't even bother to acknowledge edward's presence he's like i'm edward's not even here michaela is like oh hi edith so great to see you like she's just actively being i didn't even notice fucking bitch doing a lot more (laughs) girls are bitches sorry yeah once again stephanie Myers says like girls are just like so much meaner to each other it's girl crimes um tragically beau does not say michaela schmichaela the way bella says mike Mike schmike yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then it, we get another of the paragraphs about how he's totally not insecure about how strong Edith is. He's totally fine. Mm-hmm. And he does make a point to say that after he out had outgrown his bullies, he like figured out like, oh, I'm I'm strong mm-hmm. and this and that, which which gives the impression that like he was, I guess, able to ward off bullies once he got tall enough, which doesn't like tall people also get bullied. Just because you're tall doesn't mean yeah. you're strong. Um, bullying is for short guys, I guess. And I do want to say it is not hard to be stronger than an unathletic skinny white boy. Please. He needs to fucking humble himself. Yeah. And he says he proudly says he's unathletic. He talks about how sports are so lame and childish. Like, get over yes! yourself. Oh, God. It made me so mad there. But I will say that their banter, Edith and Bo's banter, is so much more fun than Edward and Bo's. Yeah. It is. And I also had kind of the major note for the whole chapter that Bo is a lot more in tune with Edward's weirdness. Like he notices mm-hmm. a lot more than Bella does about Edward. Yeah. Like he notices the strength stuff, which Bella completely doesn't notice. She's just like, man, strong. I don't man question strong. it. Um, <laughs> and then he also notices when Edith mentions um, Archie, boy, Alice, when she mentions her siblings, he takes a second to think about like, huh, I wonder if the siblings are also special like Edith and have super Yeah. And, like, that's pretty astute of him because they are. And he's right. He's very insightful. No, Bo is very insightful. Bella is just too caught off guard with, like, her own insecurities and just agonizing over how could Edward ever pay attention to She's kind of a little more obtuse. She doesn't question. Bo is very insightful. And I do like that as a choice for his character. It's funny because it's a trade-off. Like, she's protesting a lot more. He's not protesting anything. He's letting Edith just manhandle him all over the place. He's like, hot girl wants to drag me into her car to a secondary location. All right. Sure. Yep. Sign me up. I'll just go with this, I guess. 
Uh, Bella says that Renee, her mom, is prettier than her, but Beau does not say that. So I guess that means yeah, that is really pretty. He all it also makes me sad though, because Bella says about Renee, she's my best friend, and Beau says she was my best friend. And yes, Bella gets upset true. because she's thinking about Renee. Beau gets upset because he's thinking of Renee in the past tense, which is an interesting distinction that they both yeah. make. Yeah. Hmm. No, and then Beau also gets not like upset, but he gets I my note was a little Oedipal when talking about <laughs> Renee's new husband. He's talking about how no one's good enough for his mom. Yeah, he does say that. Fuck, I forgot about that. Not Oedipal. I hate it here. The mommy issues are back with a capital M, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, Bo also notices that Edith is good with medical jargon. It's like, oh, it's probably because her mom's a doctor. Once again, it's like superior awareness because I don't know for everyone who doesn't know, it's canon that Edward slash Edith have multiple medical degrees. So yeah, they would be good with medical jargon. They would know a neurally mediated syncope. Um, Ernest gets name dropped. Right? And you, we haven't talked about Ernest yet. So since Ernest Esme got is- name dropped in Twilight, Ernest is Esme's life and death counterpart. Rate the name Ernest for me, Jay. I like it. Um, I like it. I have controversial opinion. Better than Esme, at least for this character. I love mm-hmm. the name Esme, actually. I think that's a really cool name. Esme was a really rare name in the year that Esme was born. It was not even, there were less than five people named Esme. In oh, Jesus. So Ernest actually fits that time period a lot better. It's a common. And it's such a cute grandpa name. name. Yeah. It is so cute because it, like, it literally means sincere. Like It's like <laughs> this character is so sweet and sincere. It's true. That's good. No, the ending of Life and Death, uh, there's a notably different beat. Shannon, there did is. you have that one? <laughs> this is, I don't know if you noticed this part, but when Bella kind of gets out of the car, it's just one of those things where like she gets out of the car and like the scene just kind of comes to a little bit of an end. Bo's the only one who noticed that he's been pickpocketed. Yes, yeah. I noticed that too. He's the only one who notices that he's been pickpocketed. But if there's something else that you were referring to that I didn't catch, got no clue. No, it was that. It was, he's fully, he, like, he's like, where are my keys? I've been <laughs> How did he get into his house? Once again, pickpocketing is for girls. Girl crimes. Girl crimes. We support women's wrongs here on Three Books, One Plot. We've got Michaela being a fake bitch and getting stabbed. We've got mm-hmm. so much crime just left and right in this chapter. Yeah, all right. So you guys want to hear my list of things for men and things for women? Mm-hmm. Let's hear and it. And Shannon, you can have something to add to this. Um, things that are for men. Number one, swallowing. That's a big one. Swallowing Happy gay rights. Pride. Uh, number two, Superman. Clark Kent is for men. The man's man. Again, gay rights. Wait, no. Number no, three. Superman. Superman is for women. Batman's for men. What? No, Batman's for women. You're getting it backwards. Bella says no. Bruce Wayne. Yeah, because she's referring to Edward. Because yeah, Edward. But she's the one consuming the comics, not Edward. I, th- I, I think you're wrong. Batman's no, also, have you just seen describing Batman Edward? Have you she, not seen Batman 2022? Batman's for girls. I think I do. He's, I think she is wrong. She's describing Edward, though. But she's describing Edward for her consumption. It's female gaze. Oh, no. I'm keeping it. I get no. to make these lists and I'm dictating them. You can't. It is G's list. This is You're not wrong. a dick. This is not a democracy. Batman's for girls, Superman's for boys. It's literally the opposite, but go off, I guess. Bella reads Batman. Anyways. Bella reads Superman when he's done reading his um, 2000 Leagues Under the Sea and watching Monty Python. And then his final thing that's for men is being blood type O negative. Um, mm-hmm. Things for women. Average. Gulping. I actually had spitting and cross it out because that would be funny, but it's <laughs> gulping is the actual <laughs> word used in that chapter. That is 10 out of 10. 
Between the poisoning and the pickpocketing, so such fun additions. They're so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't have an MVP listed. Wait, mm, I kind of did. What do you guys think? You go first. My vote's Edith. Me too. Yeah. She's just funnier. She like mocks him for using those big words multiple times. She keeps bringing it up to the point like end of the chapter. She brings and it up. And she commits the crime. Girl boss. She commits the crime. She definitely gets it for that. What did you have, Jay? I still said Archie because he drives that car. <laughs> Jay would like someone to just drive a car around and be like her valet person just, again. I'm all about convenience. All right. So we got Edith with Archie as a runner-up again for, for good driving. So my favorite thing about this chapter of Midnight Sun is that it's full of roasts. We had a crime chapter. Oh, now we got a roast it. chapter. He roasts himself and he roasts Bella constantly in this chapter, um, which is very fun because it's usually he's like, praising Bella to the skies and it's very boring um so it's nice to see him just drag her for a change (laughs) um Bella gets dragged both metaphorically and literally in this chapter I fucking love how the first thing Edward learns from stalking Bella by watching her through other people's thoughts all day is how clumsy she is yes how did he not notice it's taken him so long to notice and he's so amused and he's like oh i guess i must have just been obsessed with the way that she's so delicate when she sits and she's so slender and tender bled like shut off awareness from him for a second yeah you are too obsessed and weird to notice that she's a walking disaster he describes her stumbling through the day (laughs) yeah is she okay there's a great quote where she falls into a chair she trips on the flat floor she trips two times, just walking from her lunch table to his lunch table. And Bella doesn't mention that in Twilight, but Edward tells us here, oh, she trips two times. It's just such a non-event to her because she trips so much. Um, and let the record show, as he's noticing, he's like reading other people's minds. He's walking down the hallway alone, laughing to himself. Oh, he's so and weird. People are giving him looks. <laughs> people are freaked out by this behavior. He's just laughing to himself maniacally. I, what a freak. <laughs> all the various the various Cullen siblings have a unique reaction <gasps> uh-huh. to Edward and Bella sitting together at lunch. Tell me all of them. I love this part. It's I like a quick part. little like they all walk past and they all react. Um, Put on the list. So Alice wants to meet Bella. She's super jazzed about it. Jasper is like, "Good luck, I guess." Emmett thinks Edward has lost his mind, and Rosalie calls him an idiot. So we we really go downhill with these reactions as it's they go on. It's so funny. It's great. Everyone just dragging him. But he's self-aware about it. He calls himself melodramatic. Again, I have to give him a little credit for that. He sure a is. From of credit. He's trying to be casual and honest in this lunchtime conversation. First of all, he's failing. Second of all, again, self-awareness. He thinks this isn't working at all. Title of his sex tape. Ew! I hate it here. I that's my fucking. I hate that. There's bit. a lot of good sex tape titles like back to back in the scene. You ready? Mm, I hate it, but sure. <laughs> title okay. of your sex tape. Panic twisted through my body. Panic twisted through my body. Also, title of his sex tape. Um, here's a good one. Her voice broke, betraying her fraud. Title of his sex tape. Oh no. <laughs> well, and then he has the audacity to call Mike Newton so immaturely vulgar no that makes me he also says how mike has quote-unquote offensive fantasies and i bet you mike is literally daydreaming about holding bella's hand or kissing her but edward's just a fucking puritan asshole 
true. Yeah, no, he's like, he's never so much as looked at a girl. We'll learn later. Um, mm-hmm. How dare you? Mm-hmm. I've just been the one in her house and stealing her keys. <laughs> I do find it funny, though, that he's literally says to himself, keep it honest, keep it light. Because it's like, bro, you don't even, you know who you are? <laughs> do you know who you are? I related to that too hard. I'm not sure Edward's capable of either of those things. No! Yeah. Another notable moment in the passage where Bella blanks out because Edward is so hot. He's thinking, was something wrong with her? <laughs> that was funny. He's, he thinks she's just like having a stroke. Um, and he's not far off. But he, he, again, just a little roast of Bella. Like, something's wrong with this girl. It was good. <laughs> he literally thinks she's going to get up and sprint away in terror at any second. It's so really, it's so ridiculous. It's like, you're just sitting in a cafeteria, dude. You're not that scary. You're not. Can I talk about this one line he says? He says, yeah. and I quote, I pl- this is a 10 out of 10 line, by the way. This line is a 10. He says, I pleaded in my soft, non-scary voice. <laughs> <laughs> he's what? way overdoing it he's trying so hard and he doesn't need to fucking hilarious yeah he thinks he's the scariest motherfucker on the planet and it's like you live with Emmett and Jasper <laughs> you're wearing cashmere yeah <laughs> uh, and then he's imagining how she's totally gonna run away from him and he says could I be allowed to tell her that I loved her before she left ew would that no. her more? ew ew Ew. That would frighten me more. Makes me scream. He's just way too far along in his feelings at this point. Bella is like, maybe I'll talk to my crush again today. He's super weird. I don't know if he's into me. Edward is like, I'm going to die for her. Like, calm down. He doesn't know a damn thing about her. No, oh. this is like their fourth conversation ever. And he's, yes, and he's literally stalking her and watching her sleep. It's so weird. Again, this is just what my stalker was thinking. He's like, yep, God, do I love her. Uh-huh. But did he steal your lemonade bottle cap? No, but he stole my favorite pair of socks. Oh, oh that's even worse. Only one of them, too. When he tells her he's the bad guy, he says, of course I was bad. Title of his sex tape. Title of his sex tape again. Uh, and then he thinks to himself, run, Bella, run, which I said should be the title of this book. Mm-hmm. Mm, this poor girl. Yeah, she needs mm-hmm. to get out of there if she only knew. Speaking of freak Edward behaviors, when he's listening to Debussy in his car, he's not just listening, he's playing air piano. He starts composing her lullaby. Oh. He's just sitting there. Oh. Fingers out. Yeah. But I just, I love that imagery of like, he's sitting alone in his car playing air piano. <laughs> he, again, I'm convinced that all of these people just think he's like a weird fucking theater kid that talks musically and is just weird and giggles to himself in the hallway. <laughs> like he gives off weird music and weird theater kid vibes. We're accumulating more evidence to support that theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drink again for his Mike thoughts getting very violent when he first finds Mike and Bella. He's like ready mm. to literally murder this poor this boy. Poor kid. Who's just trying to help Bella get to the nerves. And Edward reads Mike's mind at some point. We get like a actual like little paragraph of what Mike is thinking. And it's not even anything bad. It's exactly what I would be thinking if I were in Mike's shoes. It's nothing terrible. It's just yeah, like it's like, is she okay? How can I get her to the No, he calls Edward a freak, and I honestly would too. So I'm team Mike again. I think he calls Edward a freak twice. Yeah. <laughs> He's Mike is very perceptive in this chapter. Um yeah. Edward carries Bella in this weird way where he's holding her as far away from his body as possible. Mm-hmm. That would look so unnatural. No one is strong enough to do that. Like you're trying to blend in, sir. 
No, he's not trying hard enough. Then he's got some great lines. After he carries Bella, he says, my body was too excited. Oh. I hate that. Sir. Aww. He sounds like the protagonist of like a 90s sex ed video. My body's all excited. I don't understand. He roasts Bella by comparing her to a corpse like one sentence later. Yeah. And again, he says, I've seen corpses with better color. This was actually true. See? Because he's got a body count. He's seen a lot of corpses. He would know. He only has one type of body count, though. Drink again for violent Mike thoughts. Uh, He wants to murder Mike for being very slightly rude to Bella. Just like failing to talk to her with the proper deference. Yeah. And then Mike also speculates that maybe the Cullens have had plastic surgery. And he notices that Edward keeps looking at him like he wants to kill him. He's a perceptive guy, that Mike Newton. Why isn't Edward in love with him instead? Where are all the Newt Orange shippers? I don't want to. I'm sure they're out there and I'm scared of them. Me too. So lovers to haters. Lovers. <laughs> in the nurse's office, it occurs to Edward for the first time. Everyone get be very excited for him because it finally occurs to him that maybe the reason Bella's heart beats faster around him is because she's horny. Yeah. <laughs> so gold star for finally putting that together. The fact that it took him so goddamn long. And he, the thing is, he he thinks about it and then he dismisses it so like he's so obtuse he does he does immediately go back to assuming that's not why she's doing what she's doing when it totally is oh and just again little tiny note mrs cope's brown eyes are once again described as depthless depthless brown eyes she's not like bella i think that deserves we should drink just for this one instance anytime he negs someone else's eyes because I mean, they're she's not clearly an npc she's an npc exactly i need to be drinking something harder for that line so after they leave the office we get back to this passage that remember we put a pin <laughs> earlier not the pin we put in mike newton but the metaphorical pin a worse pin we put we put in the passage it's a worse pin. about bella a worse pin about bella tilting her face up to the rain <laughs> to wash off her nasty sticky sweat so, <laughs> Shannon, would you like to read us Edward's account of this exact same moment? I'm going to read the full paragraph because it's it's worth it's worth hearing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right, they just walk out. He goes, I watched her as she lifted her face to the light rain with her eyes closed, a slight smile on her lips. What was she thinking? Something about this action seemed off, and I quickly realized why the posture looked unfamiliar to me. Normal human girls wouldn't raise their faces to the drizzle that way. Normal human girls usually wore makeup, even here in this wet place. Bella never wore makeup, nor should she. The cosmetics industry made billions of dollars a year from women who were trying to attain skin like hers. <laughs> I hate him. He's so dumb. I have no words for yeah, this passage. I feel honestly. like we need to let that settle because he really just, he said I... that whole thing. Stephanie Meyer with confidence was like, this is great. She was like, this is what I want to hear from my man. How to not wear makeup in a God-honoring way, you know? Also, I think it's funnier when you remember where her face has just been. Like, first it was pressed against a grimy high school lab table and then against the literal dirt sidewalk, the ground. She's, get her some clear cell. She's hosting a bacterial orgy on there. I mean, our bodies are covered in billions of um, well like, now it's multi-billions for her <laughs> i feel like he re- he doesn't redeem himself but i feel like it's almost worth it to have to read that because not long later you get more cullen information even before we get to the the cullen passage that shan was talking about yeah we have to talk about the context for it because the setup is uh, another just eye rolling passage 
It reads a little bit like self-awareness on Stephanie's part that she tries to justify his literal forcing of Bella into his car by saying, (laughs) A, that he's quote-unquote joking, and B, she has him wonder, did she feel coerced? I realized she had every reason to. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I'm not a a normal human modern man in the year 2005. We we gotta really read this passage. (laughs) Read the Um, whole thing. He excuses his behavior by telling us he doesn't know how to court her as a normal human man because back in his day when you liked a girl you just grabbed her by the raincoat and flung her into your Volvo that's how it worked in 1918 yeah like he he just says it's so weird was my behavior entirely offside I thought I was teasing that I was acting like the average besotted teenage boy but what if I'd gotten it wrong like Oh. It also reads as like another thing where Stephanie Meyer is like, okay, there was that criticism of him being yes. pushy in yeah. this. Let me try to be like, well, of course he is. Him just him just repressed 1900s boy. Yeah. Ooh. She just she's trying to lampshade and be like, oh, he's just being very lighthearted as he forces her into his vehicle. But like, he's like, I'm quite the gallant young man. <laughs> <laughs> his other justification for just yeeting Bella into his trunk. <laughs> was that he doesn't have any role models of good examples for normal courtship because his family all got together in the weirdest ways possible. And this is where we get all of the the crumbs and honestly like a whole cookie for Carla's name for the side characters. We finally get Rosemit stuff and Jalice stuff, yeah. which is, you know, all right, the side characters exist. So Cullen family, how did they meet stories? First up is Rosemet. Rosalie and Emmett met via bear attack, which seems like a crazy way to meet. But like now that I live in Colorado, that's actually one of the top three ways to meet someone after <laughs> forest fire and avalanche. You meet in a bear attack. Haha <laughs> joke, but also not a joke. I'm not kidding. When I say I wake up every day to a new post on Nextdoor telling me about a loose bear. In the and do you know how many, my dear reader, do you know how many times this bitch is always like, I'm going to go find it. I'm going to go find the bear. I'm going to track it down. And it's like, hello, someone on Tumblr once replied to one of your posts and said, the Emmett instinct. And I think about it constantly. Listen, they're cool. And I like them. I can't. No, you're really, you're looking for love. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for a partner. You're just trying to find the fucking bear. I'm like, they just, wait, I'm not done. They just, they be coming down from the mountains, especially in the spring and summer, because they're really hungry and they need to beef up in order to hibernate. Stop laughing. The way you said that was so fucking funny. They're skinny little bears and they need to consume man flesh. Shut the fuck up. Are my bears and I a joke to you? Like, no, like it hurt. My bones hurt. Anyway, I just, I genuinely hope that the bear that ate Emmett got like a good solid chunk so he had enough to like hibernate on, enough Emmett flesh. I feel like Rosalie probably killed it. I choose to believe she didn't. (laughs) She said, no, we got away. She let that king go. She said, thank you for giving me this guy right here. (laughs) Conservation, you know? 
I think Shannon and I are in agreement about the next part of that passage, though, which is where Stephanie says they fell in love at first sight and had no problems whatsoever and were never in any doubt of each other's it feelings. so tense. It's such bullshit. If she thought for 10 seconds about her character who is a sexual assault survivor from like intimate partner violence, why is she going to immediately trust some stranger? Absolutely not. And Rosalie's canonically still like, it's only been like a year or two or something like that when she finds Emmett. Like this is fresh trauma, babe. No. And like, it's such a waste too, because they have the potential to be this beautiful story about like healing and learning to trust again. And like Emmett having to convince her that he sees her as more than just a pretty face. And Rosalie like adjusting her ideas of what true love looks like. There's so much good food The there. class difference, it just alone. It would be, mm, it makes for such mm-hmm, good food. Uptowngirl.mp3. It's so great. but like clearly when she's writing this entire paragraph because she describes it immediately like oh they have a cliche classic love at first sight shut up stop knocking them what is the cliche with a bear they're cute (laughs) she's so keen to just write off rosalie and emma at every turn and it's just such loserly behavior Okay, so next up is Jalice. And the way that they met is that she walked up to him in a diner and said, hey, I'm your wife now. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. Yes, That's and. not a joke. That's not a joke. <laughs> it's not really an exaggeration. It's not a joke. Anyway, we love Jalice. They actually love them. did get sort of love at first sight. But like they have a reason. It may- They have superpowers that make that more much more plausible and i want more than anything because she's like oh yeah she'd known she's gonna love him because she'd seen for 28 years i more than anything want the 28 year alice gap story because what the fuck did she do for 28 years people have written those no i have yet to read one that i really like i don't like anyone's take yeah i do like that stephanie myers like their union had been even less normal (laughs) they're not like most people and then we get to Carlisle and Esme, Cute. where which how they met is that she broke her leg and he was her doctor. And Edward acknowledges that's actually very normal. It's a very normal way to meet someone. It's cute. No medical lines were crossed because they did not fall in love at that time. Esme developed a one-sided teen crush. And then a decade later, Carlisle found her dying body in a morgue and turned her into a vampire. And we get a lot more about their... Um, relationship than we do the other two because edward was like front row seat for that one he played matchmaker he wingmanned for esme because yeah he could read in her thoughts that about her huge crush that's kind of adorable honestly it's so cute he parent trapped them i also like that carlisle thought esme was going to be like edward and be like i'm a monster (laughs) and instead (laughs) she was so down she was like "Ooh, my crush turns me into a vampire hell yeah this so thoroughly (laughs) supports my opinion my belief that i so firmly hold in my grimy little hands that Edward's the way he is because of Carlisle. Yeah. Because when you read that sentence, you're like, you could change mm-hmm. this as Carlisle or as Edward and it would read the same way. Because what did he say? He said he'd never seen himself as a possible object of romantic love before that mm-hmm. moment. It seemed contrary to what he was, a vampire, a monster. Carlisle, you've given your your son way too many of your own issues you need to fucking give him some therapy it also makes edward seem really stupid for how he thinks bella is gonna run fleeing in terror from him and hate vampires and be like monsters it's like dude your own mother was like hell yeah let's be vampires like yeah, <laughs> yeah. do we drink for the monster mention yet 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think we can drink for Carlisle also being a monster. Cheers, my good bitches. Yeah, so they're in the car and he's having all these thoughts about his family. I love that he calls them less complicated pairings than him and Bella, seconds after complaining that they're the reason he has no examples of normalcy. Like, what is the truth? <laughs> <laughs> what is the truth, Edward? And then he puts on Claire de Lune and Bella recognizes it. And he's like, wow, we both like Debussy, soulmate. Um, he says the incredible line, what would I be doing if I weren't the villain of this story? Oh, yeah. Damn, I fucking rolled. So relatable. We have to note, he does own up to picking her pocket for her car keys. Yeah, it's so weird. It's illegal for him because po- pickpocketing is for girls. Oh, we've already established last episode, though, that he, whatever, he commits crimes every goddamn day. <laughs> it's nice to end on an Ed flag, you know? Like It, it is. really lifts the mood. It feels right. And this was after a chapter of him just the negs were going crazy. He was insulting every single person, including rare times when he completely roasts the shit out of Bella, which doesn't happen often. So we got to we got to hand it to him. We got to read these. Um, Not only did he call her a corpse, he also said there was nothing graceful about her. And then when he was dragging her backward through the parking lot, he says, Apparently, walking forward was challenging enough for her. Yeah. <laughs> and then he even roasts himself. He calls himself clueless and floundering. And then there was, at the lunch scene, he says, I chose a table that was usually empty and was sure to remain that way with me seated here. That's legendary. Self-aware king. So it's been an incredible ride for Midnight Sun. Anyway, so that's that's kind of a wrap on Midnight Sun. So we need to pick an MVP. I know mine. Jay, you go first. Uh, Edward, I, I think he's hilarious. Not Alice for driving the car. I know Alice. Was- I was gonna say Rosalie for calling him an idiot. Yeah. No, honestly, like- someday we'll teach Shannon to pronounce Rosalie correctly. Never gonna happen. Um. Yeah. Okay. So we have uh nomination number one is. Are you gonna go with Edward, Jay? I'm gonna go with Edward. I originally was gonna say Alice because she drove the car, mm-hmm. but um, I just. Edward was like too funny in this that I I was like I would I would read so much of his inner thoughts because I find it so close to my own mm-hmm. in terms of like the whole villain issue where I'm like what would I do if I wasn't up to bat the villain of your own story that is pretty I am the villain of my own story <laughs> oh also wait can I have a can I put a secondary yeah yes. Uh, secondary is the bear that got Rosalie and Emma oh, together. Oh <laughs> my god. Matchmaking bear. You know what? You're right. <laughs> the bear that ate Emma. <laughs> <laughs> that just has to, yeah, it, it's gotta be the bear. That's a, that's a rep on that. There's no way that there's anyone else who's gonna beat the bear. We're not gonna top that. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed... <laughs> <laughs> my voice may have sounded a little different these past 10 or so minutes and that's because we're recording this last chunk a full month later <laughs> we had some technical difficulties and the wise philosopher once said nobody is perfect i gotta work it again and again so i get it right exactly and this is us getting it right 
<laughs> well, and it's great that a month has passed because it gives us time to thank our lovely listeners for their amazing participation and like sending us so much juicy stuff. Oh, it's been so fun to see. We've gotten s- just an outpouring of love and support that we never expected. We're kind of blown away, honestly. Yeah, we've even gotten some fan art. Fan art. Fan art. See, I have a speech impediment. Fuck off. We've even gotten some <laughs> fan art um, on Tumblr. Um, from Rabid Ray Gun. So, like, if you want to go see Edith's Long Eyes, go look at it. It's fucking so funny. The Edith's Long Eyes fan artist to die for. And then we got, we had some listeners write in. So, big shout out to Bella Lane, Edward's Shiny Vulva, which is my favorite <laughs> URL to say. <laughs> Sylvia Platt, therapist, and Riot, Riot with an E on the end. Um, everyone who sent things in on Tumblr, we have a great time talking to you guys and everyone who participates in our Spotify polls pro tip. If you are listening on the Spotify mobile app, we have a little poll and a short answer question every week. So you can weigh in. We love reading those. We love reading your thoughts. It's also come to our attention that people don't know who we are on Tumblr. Oh, that's right. We've never said it. (laughs) Yeah, we never, I don't think we've ever said it out loud. So for anyone wondering, we are, I am Volturialis oh, is my, my Tumblr blog and Shannon is flower slut. <laughs> <laughs> Both all one word. Um, so that's, if you want to find us individually, you can, you can do that. Um, there's so much juicy stuff on Tumblr. We do our show notes every t- every week. Every time we mention something like you'll be able to read Jay's incredible research about OSHA violations this yep. week. <laughs> um, it's all there. All the bonus features, all the bonus content is Lots on of bonus content. Tumblr yeah. and sometimes Instagram and Twitter where we are three books, one plot on Tumblr and Instagram, all spelled out, all lowercase. And number three word books, number one word plot on Twitter. Um, we also now have a Ko-Fi slash coffee where if you want to donate to go toward our hosting costs, um, we have one of those. Also, three books, one plot, all one word spelled out. Um, what else? What else? Anything I mean, else, Shannon? I mean, we've had plenty of um, time to like think about everything and like talk to everybody. But I've also had plenty of time to edit the first half of this episode. True. <laughs> Which means that I, I am well aware of the fact that me and G have been uh, fucking bitches all <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> we the fought. girls are fighting. Girls are fighting. So I hope you enjoyed that. Because yeah, us enjoyed it after we recorded it. <laughs> we encourage you to pick sides, though. Like, who gets who in the divorce? Oh, yeah, no. If you don't take my side, I will fully walk into traffic. We're going to make you make t-shirts that say Team Shannon and Team G. Like, it's 2008 and we're at a movie premiere and the Team Edward girls won't let the Team Jacob girls into the bathroom. So be prepared. I'm going to make my own on Red Bull. Team Shannon girls are the ones not letting Team G into the bathroom. No, because I'm tripling down. I have the jocks on my side, you bitch. I'm tripling down on the Batman fight. I don't need jocks. I do think we should acknowledge real quick that there's a very obvious out-of-universe reason for that change before someone points it out to us, which is that um, sometime between Twilight and Life and Death, someone pointed out to Stephanie that this is a terrible comparison for Edward because Batman has no superpowers. Oh my god. So like, that's definitely why she changed it, but I still maintain Batman is for women. Let's not reopen wounds that are old for us, but very fresh for the listener. Oh, I'll reopen them. I'm, I've got my Fuck off. stabbing hands ready. Um, I hated that. <laughs> yeah, so big, huge thanks to Jay. For- Thank you so much, Jay. I am so sorry that we had to have you come back to finish the episode again. 
But you're a joy to have around, and it's always so fun talking to you. I had such a weird conversation with one of my coworkers, though, because I was like, oh, yeah, I've had these, like, serious adult meetings. What are you doing tonight? This podcast about Twilight? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I think that about wraps up everything we had to say. If Jay, do you want to sign us off with our safety tip of the week? Okay, yes. So coming from the person who did all the research in OSHA violations, who knows the most about biology and health in this podcast, who worked for the National Institute of Health, my, my safety tip is always skip class. <laughs> Just ditch. Ditching is healthy. Ditch school cut class books is a doorstopper never stay in school that shit is so bad for you yeah so i hope y'all take that to heart and until next time (laughs) bye bye